It's the success line. This is the place where achievers come to get advice on how to solve business problems and unlock their true potential. Every week, a new listener of the show sits down with success coaching director Ben Fairfield to talk through a roadblock and learn a lesson. Now here he is, Ben Fairfield. Hey everyone, welcome to the success line. Your host Ben Fairfield here with another awesome episode. I am joined uh, by a friend a former business partner, and just an all-around awesome person, Miss Crystal Hughes. Crystal, how the heck are you? I am wonderful. I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks for having me, Ben. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for, for joining us and for taking time out of your day. Now, again, I know you, and I know some of our audience may not, so uh, we're going to start this like we always do. Tell us who is Crystal. Well, thank you again. Yes, so I am a real estate agent. I am CEO of Crystal Estates. I'm a team leader. I have a team of four real estate agents. I'm also a coach with Success Magazine, certified coach with you guys, and also an inspirationalist. So I have wrote a book. I'm an author of Winning in Real Estate book. And that's a little bit about me. I'm outside of Seattle, Washington in a place called Wenatchee. Some of you may or may not have heard it. Yeah, in Washington. And it's cold. It's about 27 degrees here. It's not San Diego. Yeah, yeah it's it's not. It's not. And I, most people don't know, but I'm we're actually somewhat near each other. Uh, I'm in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and it is 25 degrees here. So yeah, it's it's definitely chilly. Coffee, warm coffee tastes good this time of year. So uh, so you obviously are tough if you can handle the cold temperatures. Uh, you are a, a successful businesswoman in everything that you do, which I love. And it's been so fun to watch your trajectory. So uh, obviously, you got a lot of good stuff going on. So so tell me, because I do not know, as I told you before we recorded, I wait to hear what we're talking about until in the moment so that it's real and authentic. So what brings you here? What are we going to tackle today? Today, you know, it's it's that give us the reader's digest. If you run into somebody in the elevator, you're at the grocery store and our goal in life, my one of my main goals is to help make an impact with everyone that I meet. And so the question is, is in, in a short term, we, we don't always get these 30 minute or hour long coaching sessions. So from someone like yourself who's coached thousands of hours, what is it if there was one to three questions? that we could ask people when we encounter them, right? And it's not that simple. I know there's not, there's not necessarily this formula, but if there was one to three questions from your experience that we could ask someone that would just impact and, and literally create like a paradigm shift in their life to where maybe all the other questions uh, would be unnecessary. What would that, what would that be from your opinion? Oh, <laughs> so I'm smiling, not because uh, for any other reason other than like, this is one of my favorite topics, and we've worked together before, so you, I think you you have a little bit of inclination to know that, that I'm a collector of questions. Uh, but but it was said, and again, I, I don't know who owned it first because there's nothing new under the sun. If you hear anybody in personal development or coaching say anything, 99.97% of the time, it's not theirs. They heard it from somewhere else. So I don't know who to attribute it to. It's not me. But that if you want to change the trajectory of your life, if you want it to grow in your ability, grow in your impact of others, grow in your income you have to begin asking better questions. We're all paid in direct proportion to the quality of the questions that we ask. So I smile because this is uh, personally really, really important for me. Uh, and you as a coach know as well that, that as coaches, like some of our biggest breakthroughs with clients come by asking extremely powerful questions. Right. And uh, I'm, I'm coaching one of the executives at eXp Realty right now. And we had uh, just a wonderful call. Um, we call, we talk every week, but the, the breakthrough call that I'm referring to was two weeks ago. 
And, and this person had, I'm, I'm telling you, from a leadership standpoint, they had such a massive shift that it completely trickled down and in two weeks has completely changed the structure of their work team. Huh. And what's so cool about it is I can, all, I can trace it back to asking one question, right? So to your point, there isn't a formula. I agree with you. And uh, we should all be collectors of questions. So, uh, so let's talk about that because I've, I've got my journal here. I'll, I'll pull out because I literally, in part of my journal every year, I collect the best questions that I've heard that I've been asked or that I hear others ask. Because Love again, that. I really think that these questions... Uh, they do wonders not only for myself, but for everybody that I come into contact with. So we'll, we'll go there, but um, talk to me about your perspective on questions, because I know I've asked you questions, you've asked other people, like you, this is a part of your life as well. So uh, what, made you, what made you curious about the, the question component or the questions to ask? Because obviously there's something behind that driving you wanting to ask that. Yes. Well, I agree with so much of what you said there, Ben. And it really is a lot of it is the power of the impact that we can have is the quality of those questions. And also it is in proportion to how we get paid. So if one of our jobs as coaches is to help people go from where they're at to where they want to go, it is in that is asking those powerful questions. And this last week I was in San Diego and it was in a room full of 15 people and entrepreneurs, and they're making $12 million in two years in a brand new business. And it's, what it what was those questions that they asked and i said what was your biggest one of your biggest mistakes right and they said thinking that writing a $56,000 check was a bad thing <laughs> That's right. So having costs, okay, is a yeah. bad thing. No, it's a good thing to be writing those large checks in your business and to be able to help people. So really where the questions is coming from is being able to make a bigger impact, like you said, and in a two-week period can literally change the trajectory of someone's life. So that's where that comes from is the desire in my heart to to get in these rooms and ask better questions and help make these shifts personally in my own life and others. I love it. I love it. So so here's what I'll tell us. So I'm going to show you. I know they can't see this, but you can. Uh, here's my journal. Here's the list of questions. So you know, I'm not just uh, making these up on the fly. Yeah. So so these are the ones I've collected and we're what, 28 days into the year. So these are, I've got nine here that stood out. Now I hear a lot of questions every single day when it comes to my role with helping with the magazine and the podcast and coaching and all the things. So lots of questions, but to get in here, they have to be, for some reason to me personally, have to be pretty powerful. So so I would be willing to open these up to you if you're willing to to apply them in real time because I think that's going to help the listeners at the same time. And I know it's going to help you because I'm asking myself these questions too. Are you game? Absolutely. Let's do it. I love it. All right. So here's here's the first one. First one that I wrote down. This is, I don't remember where I heard it or when I heard it, but it was early this year. How do you plan to change what you do today in order to grow your business tomorrow? How do you plan to... How do you plan to change what you do today in order to grow your business tomorrow? Right? This, this Jim Rohn was famous for talking about the fact that, that tomorrow starts today. Your day always starts the night before kind of a concept, right? So, so kind of in line with this question, but, but how do you, Crystal, and, and everyone listening for themselves, and I've asked myself this question, how do, how do I, you, we, they plan to change what they do today 
in order to grow their business tomorrow? Because growth tomorrow starts with something we're doing today. Absolutely. I agree with that. And I agree with knowing what your day looks like the day before and being prepared for the next day, right? Prepare for that success. So I've recently just hired an admin to come onto the team to help grow the team, right? And so ultimately, my biggest passion is helping others. And so to get into this coaching and asking these right questions, we need leverage. And sometimes it comes down to the who. And so getting those people in our lives, hiring our weaknesses, right? And leaning into our strengths. So changing that every day, getting rid of those tasks that uh, I don't a enjoy doing, uh, so it gets me closer <laughs> to my goal, <laughs> so that I can do the habits and the things that I need to necessary uh, to get me to uh, better tomorrow. That's awesome, and that that makes me just side note. And uh, sorry, not sorry. I do this a lot on here because I can, uh, but it's it's weeds. But you made me think of stuff as we're talking here, and, and I think one of the biggest things that I, everyone listening should do, I still do. If everyone could see my calendar, it's in front of me right now. It's all our color coded. And the reason for that is I'm always auditing how am I spending my time. Correct. Because to your point, like leverage, leverage can take a lot of forms. It can be people, it can be processes, it can be systems, it can be a lot of different things. And all of them are good and all of them are necessary. And, and all of them come at different times, right? You didn't run out and hire a person right away. You had processes and systems. And then you got to the person when your business could afford it. You, you had the, the go ahead from your business and from your P&L to do it. So um, the, the key here, and what I would challenge you and, and everyone listening to always be doing is always auditing our time because our business will always grow when we are spending more of our time in, our, in the areas of our strengths, right? There's this, uh, this old debate, as, as old as the world, that we should either spend time and shore up our strengths and spend more time there, or we should really focus on getting better in our areas of weakness. And I know that there's lots of different opinions here, but I think to those that think that we should spend time trying to get better at our weakness, I think you might be missing the point. Because you and I both know that, that we have, I, I've seen your DISC profile. I'm not going to say anything here because we know each other. And that's part of the success coaching certification that we went through together. But, but the point being, we all have areas of giftedness and strengths. And we all have areas that don't come as easy to us or as naturally. And no matter what we do, if we put all of our energy, effort, time, and toil into getting better at our areas of weaknesses, if we're at a level of a two or a three, we may only get it to a five or a six. And it's better than the two or three where we started at, but if we took the same energy, effort, time, sweat, tears, all that stuff and put it in the areas of our strengths, we could take something from an eight to a 10. And all of a sudden now the business benefits at such a higher level because we decided to focus on the areas that we're gifted in our strengths and leverage or delegate the areas of our weakness. It doesn't mean we can't do it. It means someone else probably could do it better than us. So kudos to you for for hiring that person. That's a big step. That's exciting. It's huge. And one more thing to add to that is I think that it's it's harder to build up the momentum, right? And so doing the things that we enjoy and and weakness, quote unquote, right? Hiring those tasks out. We're doing the things that we enjoy helps us to build the momentum. And so maybe one more thing too is auditing our time and our businesses and are the people in the right place doing the right things and building the right energy and momentum. Absolutely. Uh, my, my background before coaching was in consulting and we spent a lot of time really looking at an organization and a group of people and saying, not necessarily do we need to get them off the bus, but maybe we need to move them in which seat they're sitting on the bus, right? This is kind of goes way back to Jim Collins, good to great. Like way, I'm dating myself a long time ago when that was the new book, but that was so revolutionary when he said that it doesn't mean that people aren't gifted. They could just be physically placed in the wrong seat on the bus. So part of the business owner's responsibility is in auditing time and effectiveness and efficiencies in the business is, am I utilizing my people in their strengths? 
Because what we just said about ourselves is true for our people as well. And so, so you and I both are huge believers in the DISC behavioral profile. We use the Michael Abelson uh, DISC assessment. He has a great report called the Motives Report. Yep. But we really can get to know these people and see what are their strengths, what motivates them, what fills their cup. And then we can look as an organization and go, okay, do I have them in the, the positions that allow them to spend the majority of their time in those areas as well? Because when we have a team that's firing in all cylinders that way, it's it's a team that's hard to stop. And to your point, it's a team that easily builds and maintains momentum. Yes. And what helped us understand a little clearer too, to your point there, Ben, is understanding what drives their behaviors, what, what's going to motivate them and then keep building that momentum from there as well. Because sometimes uh, someone will say, oh, you know, I'm not meant to be a realtor. My, my personality profile doesn't necessarily fit that. Well, let's look at, you know, what's going to motivate you the most and help continue, you know, to help you grow in whatever position you really ultimately want to be in. You're right. Absolutely. Don't have to necessarily get people off the bus. Just rearrange the seats. I love that. Well, and there's there's success at, at every there's always there's always success as, a, as an opportunity. It's always a, a potential destination really quickly. And I'll go into the second question, but really quickly. So yeah. a real estate agent that I coached years ago, this person was considering getting out of the business, was was having a very difficult time, was not loving life. And we had an assessment at the company that you and I both used to work for at the time and gave this assessment to them. And the problem I had with all of these types of assessments um, was that it put people inside of a box. And it was in black or white. Either you were or you weren't a fit. You could or you couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And this person was already down in the dumps and, and really struggling and considering getting out of the business took the assessment and the assessment, you know, naive me, I'm just following orders of the company, give the assessment. The assessment says you're, you're I don't remember what it was. It was like a 20% match, like meaning you are not a good match for this role of what we called Rainmaker or team owner. And this person, like as soon as you could see the, the energy and the blood leave the face, as soon as they read this, they were totally deflated. And I had to push back and I said, hold on, like this assessment doesn't know you. It doesn't know your strengths. It doesn't get to determine whether you, you can or can't do it. What this assessment tells us is who you need to go find to surround yourself with. Absolutely. Because you're good in these areas. Your, your strengths don't come across as the typical strengths of the person in your role. That doesn't mean you can't do it. It means you need to get really clear as far as who you need to go find. And so fast forward, we, we used that assessment. We did a behavioral profile on what we call a missing persons report found that person in that person's business, and they're now the largest team in our market area in one of the top five in the Northwest region. So here was a person who was going to com completely abandon the industry, get out of this altogether. Yet when we really got clarity around this, this behavior and strengths and weaknesses and then just surrounded people ourselves with people who brought to the table something we didn't, um, obviously they've had a little bit of success. So uh, I, love, I love that point. Here's the, here's the second question for you. And this is one that I ask myself every single day. It's on a sticky note right here on one of my monitors. It's what do you do daily that leads to your success? So one of my mentors had this on their screen that said, what did I do today that leads to my success tomorrow? So however you want to phrase it, but the point is, if I can't answer that question at the end of the day with something very specific and clear, then I wasted the day. Right. I think our mindset's so huge every single day. Checking in with your mindset every single day, making sure that you're in a place of gratitude. And, you know, we, it's hard to operate from two states of mind, right? From scarcity and abundance. Are we operating from a place of beauty or fear? 
Mm. And so every day if we're checking in with our mind and our bodies and physically doing something about it, right? If we get stressed, if, if my assistant calls me on Monday at one o'clock and I'm running, she's like, you must be stressed. <laughs> so how do we handle it, right? Change our physiological state. Uh, go to a comedy show. What is it that, you know, we should be doing every single day to make sure that our mindset is in the right place? So whatever well, that is. You just right? a comedy show. So you just open the door for me because some people may not know, they may not know. Uh, that you actually, you dabble in comedy a little bit. And by dabble, I'm being completely sarcastic because you're actually a stand-up comedian as well. Am I lying? Well, I, I hate to claim to be a stand-up comedian because then people are like, hey, dog, do tricks. Tell me a joke, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I'm a comedy producer. I am a connoisseur of comedy. I produce and host comedy shows. This last year I did th 34 comedy shows. So I'm kind of the cheerleader of it. I hoorah-rah and introduce the comics. And it is a, a beautiful thing to surround yourself with comics. I think that humor is a great way to it, – it's, it's a piece of medicine, it's well, a, it's and it goes right here. back to what you were saying, that the mindset. Yes. And I, I, I don't know if, if anyone is interested in this. I'm just going to touch on it briefly, but uh, I'm getting ready to write an article for the magazine for uh, a summer issue and I found a Penn State University study. Um, and then it was also posted in the Journal of Brain and Behavior. But it, essentially what it looked at was it looked at people uh, who did daily gratitude, meaning they, they journal, just simply writing out something they're going one to three things they're grateful for every day. And they did this over the course of time. They had thousands of people in this study. And what they found was the people who consistently and adopted the habit of consistently documenting their gratitude daily, which, by the way, takes all of about three minutes. So it's not a huge time commitment. But they found that, that the control group that did that gratitude daily over the course of a year, and I, I'm not going to give the percentages here because I got to verify them, but let's just say it was drastic, the difference in inflammation in these people. And what we know is inflammation is what leads to disease, dis-ease. It's, it's all inflammation-based. So, so simply writing out what we're grateful for takes us into a mindset habit of really refocusing on, on what is good versus what's bad, what we have versus what we lack. When we, we get ourselves there consistently as a habit, this major study that's, that's incredibly valid showed a huge correlation between those that follow that practice and those that are, are living in gratitude have a, a significantly higher immune response and a more healthy immunology than those that don't. Right? I and so it's, it's fascinating. What you're saying is absolutely in line. I, like I had to bring that up because I'm literally like, I've got three pages of research on it right here. Like it's amazing the impact mindset has. And I think you and I have seen over the years where a lot of people have gone woo woo with this and they sit around a campfire singing kumbaya. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just, it's gotten weird. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about just simply giving time, energy, and, and acknowledgement and recognition to the things that we're truly grateful for. We're so quick to pick up the phone. I love so much of what you said there. And uh, you know, we're so quick to pick up the phone, either maybe before we get out of bed, but two things. you could, As your feet hit the ground, your right foot, thank your left foot, you. Thank you for each step that we get to take. The gratitude piece is huge. You can get gratitude journals. You can text somebody, have accountability group, put it out there, put it on your Instagram story. It inspires other people. Gratitude is a great, great state to be in. I agree. So important. So important. Now, here's one, and this is a simple one, uh, but it's important because I think we can also slip into complacency. The third question is, what are you learning right now? Ooh, what am I learning right now? You know, I think it's really important to learn that your first emotion and your first thought is not who you are, right? We're so human. And so learning how to respond, really learning 
uh, your traumas and your the the things that trigger you and really stepping back and analyzing and saying, uh, what am I feeling and where is this coming from? And is this a belief that is true? Is this something that I have adopted? Is this something that when I smacked the pavement, I licked it up and I picked that up and now I've adopted it? So really checking in with your thoughts and then how are you reacting? Do you do we say, I, I, just give me a minute. I'm going to need some time to respond to that. Not There are like so many real estate emergencies. No, there really aren't. <laughs> right? Right. And so being really careful about how, what we're responding to and what we're giving our energy to. Yeah. And, and that's, I think you just nailed it right there. It's a, it's a choice. Like yeah. with one coaching client currently, it took us about, uh, I'll just say four or five sessions. It took a while to really instill this belief in this person that, that what we give our energy to is a choice. Like we're not a victim to it. It's not like Jesus take the wheel and we're going wherever, like we're a ship without a rudder and we're just going where the wind take. No, we have choice over what we give energy to. And it doesn't mean that it's easy and it doesn't mean it's not a habit we have to build, but we absolutely have choice. And when we make the commitment to be at cause for everything that happens, good or bad. I literally just posted about this on Instagram this morning. Like when we choose to be at cause for things, good and bad in our life, all of a sudden it empowers us to make the next move. Yes. Right. And your book, Winning in Real Estate, I think like automatically I just pictured the cover because it's got chess pieces on it, right? So it, it empowers us to make the next move. We get to be on the offense rather than the defense. And so many people are going through life on defense. They're just waiting to see what crap hits them tomorrow. And they're waiting to see what falls apart or goes wrong today. That's a miserable way to go through life. So, so what am I learning? What lessons? Like the, the first time or the first thought, anything like bad happens in my life, I've disciplined myself now to say, okay, what's the lesson? What is the lesson? Yep. And how can I thank it? And thank the yeah, teacher. It doesn't mean that I like it. No. <laughs> I don't have to love it. I don't want it to happen again. I never wanted it to happen the first time. And yet here we are. So what's the lesson? What can I take away from this and learn to become a better person and to help other people? Absolutely. And you know, one thing that from that that I'm learning is, is not to, that you don't have to take on every client. You don't have to take on, you know, every real estate buyer or seller that comes out there or coaching client. Right. And so we really realizing how are you reacting to that is so huge. And that's what I'm learning is, is being able to having those personal boundaries is really self-awareness and, and that's okay. And mm. doing what's best for ourselves, because when we do what's best for ourselves, I, what I'm ultimately learning to directly answer your question is, is what we what when we do what's best for ourselves, it's also what's best for the people around us. Mm. Yeah, because in that process of us becoming our best selves, we're attracting the right people, the people that are supposed to be with us that we can we can help. Uh, here's the next one. And this is one with that that executive at uh, EXP that. This was a big one. This was the start of the, the process I was talking to you about. What feeling do I wish to leave people with when they engage with me? Oh, yeah. So there's this. When you Google the word legacy, it's usually about a financial plan or about, you know, what, what's really being left behind, usually property or money. And ultimately, I think a legacy is, like you said, is about how did you really make them feel? You know, if, if, mm. if I was to pass tomorrow did I inspire them? And I think a lot of people ask us like, what do you do? You know? And then we say, Oh, I'm a realtor. I'm a coach. I'm an investor. I'm a dentist. Right. And those are all titles. Right. But what, what, what do we really do? Well, my, my goal is to inspire people to really be an inspirationalist in everything that I'm doing as a coach. Absolutely. 
It's, but it's, it's, it's taking the time to think through that, I think, is the key, right? You've taken the time to know exactly how do I want to leave people feeling because that requires intention and strategy on your delivery. Yes. And so how I want to leave them feeling is hopefully so with so I have some sense of humor involved in there when I when we meet, you know, we get to, onto a personal level where we can laugh and then get to the serious, too. And so how I really want to leave people feeling is that they were inspired to to maybe make a decision, make a move in their life that they, you know, when we talk about strategy and chess, the thing is upon. So let's talk chess just for a second here is. There's. Pawns are in the front of the line, right, and in chess, and they move forward. But at the end, when they get all the way to the very end of the other end of the board, they're a pawn in promotion. So they can actually be promoted to a king or a queen or another piece, and they're, then they're stronger. So when we are stagnant and we're staying in one place, it doesn't help us get closer to the goal and closer to the people that we want to become. And so mm. my impact is, is to help us understand and to strategize with people and to say, okay, where are you at? Where do you want to go? And boo, you're just in promotion. It's okay. <laughs> Wherever you're at right now is okay. Own it. And let's play. That's awesome. Yes. So ultimately, that's, awesome. that's my impact that I want to leave on the world. I love that. I think that's that's so key. And it goes right back to the earlier question of what are you learning now? Because if we can't answer that, if we find ourselves in a position where we, we don't know what to answer that with, yeah. then we're getting stagnant. Like to your example, your illustration, we're that pawn that's just kind of hanging out front line, not becoming anything. And um, and the growth, there's significant growth that happens along that journey. So I, I love that. Now, um, a couple of these, this next one for sure, I remember, uh, came from Tristan Ahumada, who's one of our, our, uh, our fellow success contributors. He's got the Brilliant Thoughts podcast, so check that podcast out as well on the Success Podcast Network. Um, here's a question that I know for sure I can remember came from, uh, from him. Uh, it's, what story is living in your head that causes you to doubt yourself or your ability? Ooh, yes. So I tend to be a perfectionist and sometimes I want the how and I'm so, okay, we'll just throw it out there. My disc personality, the D is pretty high there. So <laughs> I'm, I tend to be very to the goal, right? We got to get to the goal, got to get to the end. And I, I really have to remember to enjoy the journey and to be present. And so sometimes the story is that I'm telling myself is that if we don't ultimately get to the goal sometimes it like and not even maybe knowing the how i don't right that will sometimes keep us that pawn stagnant right as if we have to exactly know the how or have the content in order to get there and having too much expectation on the outcome as sometimes as a perfectionist it will cause us to not move forward or to move forward so fast just to get to the end that we forget to enjoy the journey. So telling Absolutely. myself that I'm a perfectionist and sticking with that is, you know, enjoy it, have grace on yourself and, and dance through it and <laughs> be okay with willing to falling on the pavement and getting back up. Absolutely. You make me think of a, and I think I shared this in certification, but uh, from a book called Made to Stick. Uh, it's a great book. Everyone should read it if you haven't. It's not a new book, but it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's, one of those right back there in the library that I have. But uh, bottom line, there, there's this concept that they bring forward that the military adopted a long ago. It's called commander's intent, right? And to your point, 
for people who naturally are are so uh, let's just say it because I'm one of them too control freaky um, that we want to act, control every part of the process getting there. Um, the military adopted this concept of um, uh, this. Well, let's go back up. So really, what they were finding was in the field, armies were um, were having difficulty actually carrying out the orders of the generals because the generals weren't on the front line. The generals were back safe. They were in command centers. And so obviously they had a plan that they wanted executed, but they couldn't in real time take into account the variables that would happen along the way. And so this idea of commander's intent came forward uh, and, and it's the commanders now took these the elaborate plans and made them into one page. And, and I'm being I'm simplifying it very much, but it's take this hill by this day. And it provided tons of flexibility for the team and the people on the ground actually executing those orders to deal with whatever comes up, whatever variables we couldn't have planned for, however the enemy's going to throw stuff at us that the generals can't see. Like, you figure out how to get between here and here, but get there by this time, right? And so as control freaks and as entrepreneurs, sometimes we need to adopt that commander's intent, making sure that we're casting our vision, where we have extreme clarity around where we want to go by when, but then having the right people on the bus, the team, and empowering them and then getting the heck out of the way and letting them just figure out how to get there. Agreed. Agreed with all that. And and really going back to sometimes the simple basics, right, of SMART, SMART goals, getting specific, measurable, obtainable, realistic, and having a time frame on it and going with it and yep. not being so attached to the outcome. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love being that. attached to the what, not the how. The what, not the how. Exactly. There's a book, uh, Winning by Tim S. Grover. And it, you know, there's we the moment that we get the glory, we have the win, there's something else that's gonna come up. So enjoy <laughs> the win and be ready for the next disappointment. <laughs> enjoy the win. <laughs> the beautiful yeah, pendulum uh, of life. A, a person <laughs> in our past, and I'm sure it came from somewhere else too, like all of it, but uh, someone said recently that you and I both uh, know and had heard. Uh, have a 30-second celebration and a 30-second funeral, right? Something doesn't go right. All right, it's human to feel an emotion, like enjoy it for 30 seconds, get back going, move to, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. You have a big win, great, celebrate it 30 seconds, get back to work, keep moving. Like it, it, We can't stay in either side of that reaction or that emotion uh, too long, it doesn't serve us. So here's, uh, here's the next one, and we've touched on this a little bit. Really, this is, comes back to the Jim Rohn principle. What's the one thing... So not the some things, not a few things. What's the one thing that I can do today that's going to make starting tomorrow easier? So for me, this, this comes down as, as simply as I, before I leave my office every day, I look at my calendar of the day coming at me and I set things out in my office to be prepared so that when I come in, like today, we're recording two podcast episodes. I've got three coaching calls. Like we got a bunch of stuff on the calendar today. If I was having to do it in the moment, this would be a train wreck and a disaster. But thank goodness I took... 15 minutes last night and got everything organized, set out and prepared. So um, what do you see in your business that you could be doing today to make the, the next day easier? Great question. I cal I'm working on calendaring that time for space. So 15, 30 minutes in between. I think sometimes I try to pack too much in there and I'll go, okay, I'm going to do 30 days of this every single day for you know an hour. And getting really realistic, and I actually chunked that back this last week and going, okay, is it 30 minutes? And is it going to actually be every single day? Or is it going to be, you know, writing for my coaching classes? So next Thursday, I'm teaching a coaching class uh, for uh, what your business plan isn't telling you. So it's kind of a check in from 
where are we at in January? We all have these big, hairy, audacious, amazing, beautiful, lit goals for the year. And then where are we really at? Right? Okay. Like a lot of people have New Year's plans, New Year's resolutions, whatever it is that they do. So going back and checking in. And so saying, I get, you know, we all double our income or do a hundred sales, you know, and then scaling. Okay. What's realistic. So looking at my calendar and filling in the time, making sure that there's enough time also for me to give myself grace and rest and being realistic about how much time can I really spend on writing my classes for the year for coaching, right? Preparing for my class next week. And I really like what you said about preparation. My grandpa was a pilot and he always said, Crystal, proper preparation prevents poor performance, right? So Mm -hmm. it's really, really important that we are prepared. You're so right on that. Absolutely. It it makes all the world a difference. So couple of things you said there that <laughs> I love and I want to make sure we, we touch on. So one thing I would challenge you and everyone listening to do, I was challenged to do it mid last year and it changed everything for me in terms of time. So, so first, before we get to that, I want to say that I know a lot of people, including this person at EXP that I'm coaching, they really wrestle with, they feel guilty about having time on their calendar for thinking. And what I had to tell this person was a lesson I was taught a long time ago by an incredible coach I had, an incredible mentor that I still have, uh, that the higher you go up, it positionally and in power and in influence, the higher you go up that ladder or that mountain or whatever you want to call it, but the, the, more, the further you move up that process, mm-hmm. the more you're being paid for how you think and the less you're being paid for what you do. Yes. And so with my boys, like every time you can walk into my house, you can ask the boys, what do you get paid more for? They say, how you think? Right, because I need to get them in the thought process that that doing stuff is great. You're gonna have a you're gonna have a life that you want when you can figure out how to get paid based on the value you contribute for how you think. That's something that someone else can't come in and just compete with directly. And so, um, yet a lot of us, as we're working up that path, we feel guilt. We feel weird about having time carved out just for us, just for thinking. And the problem with that is, is the, it's Maxwell's leadership, the, the law of the lid. It's it's the 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 organization, our group, our people. They'll never grow past our lid, and so if we're not purposely working in time into our calendar for us as the leaders to actually think, pause, be quiet, reflect, plan, strategize, like if we aren't putting that time on the calendar, it's not happening. And, and over time, we find ourselves slipping into reacting versus being on the offense. We find ourselves firefighting versus strategizing, and so. Um, I, I say all of that to say there's importance in making sure we have that time on the calendar. Now, with this person at EXP, they, they understood the concept and they agreed after we had a conversation about it. And they said, great, well, I don't have the time in my calendar. And I said, hold on, time out. We all have time for what we make time for. Again, it's our choice. It's an investment. Time is a resource. Time is one of the only resources we can't create more of. And so if that's the fact, and we really see time for as valuable a commodity as it actually is, you're going to start investing it differently. You're going to use it differently. And so what I challenged this person to do, and I was challenged to do, again, this isn't my my original idea, but it changed my world. Uh, I found like by default, when you set a a meeting on Google Calendar, it sets automatically an hour or a 30-minute meeting. People cannot get an hour or 30-minute meeting with me. They have a 45-minute meeting if they get through my gatekeeper. They have a 25-minute meeting and a 15-minute meeting. And what I found was we get more done in shorter meetings because everyone going into the meeting knows, okay, we got to be focused. We only have 15 or we only have 25 minutes 
it cuts a lot of the chit chat out and it's like, boom, let's get right down to it. Here's what are, and it's changed the game because you do that throughout your day or throughout your week. All of a sudden you see white space on the calendar start to open up. Yep. And now that white space is where you have to be intentional about plugging in your thinking time, your visioning time, your strategy time, uh, because it is truly that important. So uh, I would definitely challenge you if you use Calendly or whatever you do, like no more hour or 30 minute meetings, always have a buffer between and before and after um, changes, the, changes the game. Now, here's, here's the next one. Can I and have one more thing to that one. really quick before we move on? I, I don't want to interrupt, but I think it's so important that what's coming to me intuitively is that we're, a lot of us are constantly seeking external solutions. Mm. Maybe we need a better <laughs> process or, you know, we're, and really taking that time to internally reflect is so, so important. Psychologists will tell you that, therapists will tell you that, you know, the doctors will tell you that, yoga people will tell you that it's so important and to read and that internal work is really a lot of the time where those answers are going to come from. So to that point, I think a lot of what you said there is the external things can happen when we do the internal work. So take the time to slow down and we do have the time, make the time. That's an excuse otherwise, right? So one thing I had to have a coaching client start to do is adopt the the phraseology. Instead of saying, I don't have the time, say, I choose not to make the time. Yeah. And that lands completely different and it's completely accurate. Yes, so accurate. <laughs> Let's just get real with it, right? Yeah. So, Do you not so, have the time or you're not making the time? Exactly. Yes. And it's a yes. choice either way and no judgment, but we have to get better at making the choice for how we allocate and spend our time. Now, you just said something that leads right into the next one. And you talked about the fact that, that we're always looking externally. Entrepreneurs, serial entrepreneurs are so guilty of this. It's almost 100%. Always looking for the magic pill, the magic potion, what that person's doing. We're always comparing ours to everyone else's and what are they doing? And I need to get their system or their secret or their software or their tool or whatever. Yes. And what's amazing to it is here's this question. And this one hit home with me uh, and we'll, we'll unpack it here quickly. So whose voice are you listening to and why? Everyone you give a voice to, you give a vote to. So the point of this question is, a lot of people are listening to a lot of voices. Yes. And the problem here is when we listen to a lot of voices, we tend to implement very little of what all of them are saying. So we hear a lot, we gather a lot of cool systems, we make ourselves feel better because we're doing the research, but at the end of the year, we don't implement any of it or very little of it, right? And so the the point of this question is... um, really narrowing our focus to a voice or to two voices, period, and nothing else. Not letting anything or anyone else influence us. Like, it can be the best idea in the world, uh, but what's our, our purpose? So for me, my vision of my own business this year is influence. So when I'm answering my, the question, I ask myself this question every time I, I hear of a really cool thing I could do or a really cool training event I could go to or a really good uh, invitation to go speak somewhere, I'm asking myself the question, is it in line with influence. Whose voice am I listening to? It doesn't mean it's bad, but if it's not in line with whose voice I need to be listening to, and it's not as a result in line with my vision and my mission, then it's got to be a no from me. And that's, that's a hard thing to wrap your head around, yet it's incredibly powerful when you do. I agree. You know, we, I think that inside we all have the answers. We do. We have the answers ourselves inside if we also listen to our own voice. 
So listening to our own voice is huge. Also, though, making sure we're listening to other people's and who's are we listening. There's so much coming at us, social media-wise, politically. There are so many things out there. And, oh, like you said, take this or take this class or go to this next program. And we can hire so many coaches, uh, different people bringing information, people that we care about. You know, our loved ones will be giving us information. We have to make sure that we're really careful, like you said, that it's in alignment with who we are. And, and if it's a word, like you said, if it's influence, if it's inspiring, is this inspiring is what I'm watching right now or listening to inspiring. So I really like Brene Brown. Uh, she's one, someone's voice that I listen to inspires me. Um, so I think that's really important. Absolutely. It's just having that filter, right? Being able to say no to a lot of goods so that we can be in a position to be able to say yes to a few great things. Absolutely. Like we have to make those choices. Now, um, this one's this one hits hard for a lot of people. <laughs> and it's really easy. You can't fight it because if I look at your calendar or anyone's listening, I can tell. Uh, but here's the question. Question eight of nine. Uh, what are the things you're giving your time to? Mm-hmm. I didn't say things that are taking the time. I said, what are the things we're giving our time to also why I color code my calendar. Also why I look back at my week every single week before I go home today, it's Friday. Before I go home, I look back over my week and say, where did I give my most time? Mm-hmm. Because here's the follow-up question. How were those things serving me? Right. And is it moving us closer to our goal? Bingo. And a lot of times for a lot of people, if we're honest with ourselves, the answer is absolutely not. Right. Like I allowed myself to be the ship without the rudder. So, okay. Guess what? None of us win 100% of the time. The best baseball players in the world don't have a perfect batting average. Like, uh, what we would look at percentage-wise being subpar is considered really good as far as a batting average. So so the point is we're not going to be 100% every week, but the beauty of this process and, and asking ourselves powerful questions is we get 52 checkpoints, 52 opportunities to shift subtly change, get back to, or whatever we need to do to get back in alignment with using our time at the highest level possible so that we're putting ourselves in the path of opportunity to become the person that we're destined to be. Like that's, that is the the biggest thing I would say uh, for all of this is asking ourselves these questions. It has to start with us. Like I have a lot of people, <laughs> I was on with a prospective coach the other day that wants to become a coach for success. And we were talking about questions And I got the sense, no judgment, but I got the sense like they totally agreed with the power of questions. They just didn't think that they were good enough for them. Hmm. And it's like, no, no, no. As a coach, all of this has to start with me before I can have any hope of of actually effectively making change in someone else. I, I I have to be my own student first before... I can go impact and influence other people. So uh, what from all these questions, I mean, and this is just some, I'm collecting them all year long. I know you're a student of questions too. Um, what stands out the most that we've covered um, today in our time? Ooh, of all the questions, what stands out the most from each question? Yeah, we're, we are a couple. It's just whatever comes up to the top that's hitting you the hardest right now. I think the, you know, really looking at auditing your time. Auditing your energy, where are you giving your energy is really huge. And I think that how, like I said earlier about how I'm responding to things, you know, how are we responding to things? Is this what is going to move me closer to my goal? You're talking about that, you know, the influence part and is it making an impact? And I think that asking these questions intuitively intuitively to ourselves, what am I doing today that's going to help me tomorrow to make a bigger impact on the world. 
And, mm. and just starting with those small things, making those little, I think we get so caught up in having all these things that we want to do. And it, it reminds me, you know, Chelsea Wright, she's amazing. She's a coach and, you know, you might know Chelsea Wright. It, she, you know, she says like, have a, a genius folder, genius ideas, you know, have a, a folder, an idea. Like you said, you know, to your point, Ben, there is, we can have all these things we could do and things that could make us money. But when we're super focused on our why and where we're going and we stay on track with that and we do the things. And, you know, one of the things that I like to do is create this avatar, this avatar of the person that I, the business person that I am and the person who I want for a relationship for my love life. Right. We can create these avatars and then act and behave in those ways. Mm. And so the the question that really I think is, is what am I doing today to help me have the biggest impact uh, so, so that I'm getting closer to my goals? tomorrow what can i do so today can. and who can i help right one well, to your point and i this just has a beautiful way to pull all this together it's who do i need to become yes so that i attract the other people in my world that i need or desire to have there right it, it can't start with the attracting part it has to start with who i'm becoming part and a lot of people want to shortcut that because it's not a fun process all the time of becoming, right? Like that's not always the funnest process, yet it's always the most rewarding. And it will always allow us to attract uh, even better people than we could have even imagined in any category of life because people are drawn to those that they see are, are stronger than them in certain areas or are on track to becoming the person that they want to become. We're, we're going to be attracted to those people. And so... Again, these questions first have to be asked to ourselves. It starts with us. Who am I becoming so that I can not only impact the world level I choose to, but that I can attract the people I'm going to need to go on that journey. So, Crystal, uh, you are awesome. Always a pleasure having you here. I would love for you to share with us how is the, the, the fastest path or the best way for people listening if they want to find you on social media. Where are you most active and what's your handle so that they can find you? You bet. So Inspire Your Why. That is what I do. Crystal Hughes, Inspire Your Why on Instagram. That's my handle on Instagram. You can also get a hold of me on Facebook, Crystal Hughes. If you're not there, you can always email me, crystalmybroker at gmail.com. Awesome. Crystal, I really appreciate your time. You're awesome. I know this is going to be impactful for a lot of people. Appreciate the conversation. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Crystal is such a pleasure to talk with. I've been in business with Crystal before. We've been in the coaching certification. Just a, a really bright light, really smart businesswoman, and uh, a really good friend. So, uh, Here's what I know about the conversation. I know that it highlighted some things that I've taught for years, and I hope you'd had the same takeaways. First, is that the quality of your life is always determined by the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. So if you find yourself in a place where you, you don't have the life that you want, whether it be relationships or income or, or work success or whatever that may be, if you don't like where you're at, the first place I've found that's the most effective to start is by asking myself better questions. Asking myself questions that put me at cause for everything that I'm experiencing, good or bad. Because it's when I take responsibility and ownership for my situation that I'm empowered to be able to change my situation. So that's our episode today. I really hope you took a lot of great notes from this episode. I know I did. Always great seeing you here. Thank you for your support. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. 
and join us next week for another episode just like this one. If you're interested in receiving free coaching on a future episode, go to success.com slash success line guest. This has been a success podcast. Head over to success.com slash podcasts to hear more just like it.